Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. Our first lesson today is from the book of Psalms. Listen to the word of God as I'll be reading the entire Psalm 32 passage, The Joy of Forgiveness, from the King James Version. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputed, not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed, all through my roaring all day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Selah. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgivest the iniquity of my sin. Selah. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the flows of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way thou shalt go, I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many souls shall be to the wicked, but the trusted in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. It begins with an opening paragraph, and then we move to verse 11b, and hear the parable of the prodigal. Listen for God's word. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided the property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. 
But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far away, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. The slave replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen, for all these years, I have been working like a slave for you and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Loving and holy God who welcomes us, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you this day. Amen. Lent is a time when the alleluias are sometimes put away. We are more solemn and subdued. It's a time for reflection and contemplation. Some traditions require people to give things up as a sense of fasting. Some church traditions do away with saying or singing hallelujah or gloria because it is considered too joyful and Lent should be more solemn. But our lesson today calls for celebration. How does this tie into the journey to the cross and the resurrection? As we heard, Jesus is with the tax collectors and sinners. In Luke, Jesus is talking with many people throughout, the disciples, the followers, and in this case, the tax collectors and sinners. Usually it's with people who are struggling with life. In today's text, while he's talking with the tax collectors and sinners, the Pharisees and scribes are on the side grumbling that Jesus welcomes these people. They were passing judgment on Jesus and those surrounding him. Imagine being part of a community where you are not welcome. Tax collectors were not held in high regard in the first century. Maybe not today. Um, <laughs> And sinners were, well, sinners. 
The Pharisees and scribes would want to keep their distance from anyone they thought was in the wrong. So those with whom Jesus was eating were not welcome in their eyes. But Jesus made them very welcome by eating with them. Eating together was a sign of welcome. We also hear the story of the prodigal in this context. The younger son decides to leave his home. He asks his father for his share of his inheritance and takes off and spends it quickly. This kind of behavior is very unacceptable. He's essentially wishing his father were dead. The entire community would have turned its back on the son. The father would have disowned him. To ask for one's inheritance and go out and then return as a failure would have been very bad. I wonder how this parable may have connected with the tax collectors and the sinners. They were probably not welcome at their homes or in their communities. These people would have been without any support and probably felt lost. And it's obvious the older brother had disowned the younger brother. The older brother felt left out because he was not included in the celebration. He was not even sure there should be a celebration. I envision Jesus talking directly with this group of tax collectors and sinners. They may look a little rough around the edges because they have been banished from their communities and families most likely. Jesus is talking with them and sharing the good news. He tells three parables about the lost being found. First, he talks about the shepherd going after the one lost sheep, which we heard this morning with the children. And it says in the text that when he comes home, when the shepherd comes home, he calls together his friends saying, rejoice with me, for I have found the sheep that was lost. Jesus tells them there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who need no repentance. And there's a celebration that the lost is found. Now I imagine the tax collectors and sinners feeling a little better, that there might be a celebration for them. They can probably imagine Jesus coming to find them and bringing them back to their communities. The Pharisees and scribes might be okay with this. After all, they probably want people to turn their lives around. But I'm sure they're passing judgment nonetheless on these people. And the next parable is the lost coin. Again, the sinners and tax collectors are hearing that when the woman found that one coin, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Jesus says there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And the Pharisees and scribes might be okay with this as well, because again, a lost person has returned to the fold. But now Jesus tells this parable that we heard of the father and two sons. Again, the sinners and tax collectors, I imagine, relate to the younger son's story. And what joy to hear that the father is running to greet the younger son. Imagine someone running down this aisle or running down your streets to welcome the lost home. But now what are the Pharisees and scribes thinking? The father has welcomed back the younger son who brought dishonor to the family and community, and the father embraces him and calls for lavish celebration. The older brother is troubled by this. He initially wasn't told about the party and wonders what's going on, and he, again, he doesn't see why there should be any celebration. Maybe he doesn't understand that celebration is okay and good. In our world today, many people are on the margins. 
Some may have crossed lines that banished them from their home and community. And where do they go when they turn things around? We are a world, I think, a society that does support second chances more than the first century did. But it still seems easy to judge those we think might have been in trouble. We think someone is likely to cause trouble again, so why not leave them on the edges or the outside? This past week, you may have watched or listened to Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson in the Senate confirmation hearings. I found the process fascinating. I think I might be able to sign up to be a lawyer now because I learned so much, but don't worry. Um, there were many questions about sentencing those convicted of crimes and her process for determining the sentences. And I'm not going there, but the one statement that struck me in connection with this parable is that sentencing is not only punishment, it's also about reformation. It's also a chance for a person to turn their life around. And so then I wondered, as when someone does leave prison to re-enter society, do we have someone running to greet them and welcome them home? Do we celebrate their return to society? When someone decides to turn their life around, are we there to celebrate? We may see someone leave either from your family or community with all they have and turn away. And if they return, do we trust them if they say they have been reformed? Do we wonder why we should welcome them back? Because after all, we did everything right. Even if they ask for our forgiveness, are we able to give it and accept them? Jesus, again, is talking with tax collectors and sinners, and he knows the Pharisees and scribes are listening and watching. But are they seeing how the lives of those who are with Jesus have changed? Those who have been on the margins are welcomed by Jesus and are listening and changing their ways. Again, Jesus is letting them know that God loves them no matter what. God runs down the pathway to greet them before they even say anything because God loves them. The scribes and Pharisees might be more like the older brother wanting to say, we've done everything right. Why do you embrace these people who were lost and may get lost again? The father wants to celebrate with the older son. He invites him in. We're kind of left with a cliffhanger because we don't know what the older son does. We don't know what happens if he joins the party. He may be angry because he feels his father has overlooked all he has done and all of his accomplishments. We don't know what relationship there is among these three family members a year from the party or two years from the party. Certainly, hopefully, the younger son knows that he is loved because he was welcomed home. Does this family continue to celebrate in the years to come? We journey toward the cross in Lent, knowing that Jesus gave up his life for us. Luke tells us that when Jesus is on the cross, he has a man on either side suffering the same fate. One insults Jesus, but the other asks Jesus to remember him. And Jesus says, you'll be with me in paradise this very day. In paradise this very day. A man on the cross asks to be remembered, knowing that what he has done was wrong. And Jesus tells them they will rejoice in paradise. Welcome home. The parable of the prodigal gives us a chance to maybe look in the mirror. There may be times when each of us has been the younger son and times when we have been the older 
and possibly times when we have welcomed the lost home. The good news is that if we have done wrong, we know that we can go to God and be welcomed in God's embrace. Actually, God will come to us and welcome us. If we followed the rules and done everything properly, we are also welcome at the party. God embraces us. There will be a party. Let us celebrate and rejoice. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you.